Welcome to the Principled Podcast, brought to you by LRN. The Principled Podcast brings together the collective wisdom on ethics, business and compliance, transformative stories of leadership, and inspiring workplace culture. Listen in to discover valuable strategies from our community of business leaders and workplace changemakers. Hello and welcome to another episode of Season 4 of LRN's Principled Podcast. My name is Ben DiPietro. I'm the editor of LRN's ENC Pulse newsletter, and I hope you can find it and subscribe to it. With me today is Kim Urbanchuk. She's the Chief Ethics and Compliance Counsel at Parsons Corp., an engineering firm focused on defense, intelligence, security, and infrastructure. Previously, she served as Counsel and Director of Ethics and Compliance for Airbus in North America, and earlier worked in various roles in the federal government. Welcome, Kim, and uh, glad to have you here with us today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So uh, let's start here. What sparked your interest in ethics and compliance? And uh, tell us about the career path you took that led you to your current role at Parsons. So I was thinking about this a lot over the last few days, and I actually was talking to my mother this week, and she reminded me, she, she has this story of when I was in second grade And she was at a back to school night or some similar event at my elementary school. And my second grade teacher pulled her aside and said, you know, your daughter is very concerned, maybe overly so with what is what she thinks is fair or unfair. Um, And he kind of laughed about it. And and she said, you know, why are you laughing? Isn't that a good trait for a kid to have. And he said, yes, of course, but I think she'll probably end up being disappointed at times in her life if she thinks that the world is fair. She got a chuckle out of it and brought it up to me this week and said, you know, I think you've probably been meant to go into this field since you were a kid and you just didn't know it. But like um, a lot of my colleagues who go to law school, ethics and compliance was not something that at the time I was in school was, was really a topic. I didn't even know it was really an option, but I was always concerned with justice and fairness and, and things like that. So I started my career as a prosecutor in Portsmouth, Virginia, in the Commonwealth's attorney's office there. And I was there for about three years for various reasons, wanting to move closer to home, certain, maybe a little burnout, uh, some some various concerns with just sort of where my career was going and what I really wanted to do. I ended up taking a job at the U.S. Department of Transportation in uh, general law. In the general counsel's office, the general law team also handled ethics matters, and I was kind of the new kid in, and so they said, do you want to help with ethics? And I said, sure. And that was sort of how it all started. Uh, So I worked as an ethics attorney and did some procurement work there as well for several years. And then it was about maybe three or four years into my tenure there, the then Secretary of Transportation needed someone to oversee the ethics, a rewrite of the ethics program at the Metropolitan Washington Airports Authority. Their board had had some troubles, very public troubles and struggles uh, with their ethics program and their procurement program. So he appointed me to oversee that, help them rewrite their policies and procedures. And it sort of took off from there. Um, After my role at USDOT, 
I went over to Capitol Hill and I was oversight and investigations counsel for the House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure. And then I moved to Airbus and eventually found my way at Parsons. So that's kind of my long and twisty road. Um, but it was it was a great road. So I'm, I'm thankful for it. So obviously COVID is upending the business world and the way everybody is doing everything. How is it affecting what you're doing as a chief ethics and compliance counsel? How has it changed the way you're communicating, the way you're training, and any other aspects of the, the job as you're dealing with it now? So we, we at Parsons have been very lucky. We've been able to pivot about 90% of our workforce to a work-from-anywhere, work-from-home, remote situation. Uh, we did that very quickly. Very early on, there was a, a team of executives that, that really were good at anticipating what was about to happen. They were watching it from sort of a, a health and safety security perspective as it developed. And so we, we, got, we were able to get ready for the, the move to remote rather quickly. We leveraged a lot of the technology that we have in-house. Our CIO really you know, dug deep and, and worked around the clock to pivot everyone to remote. And as part of that, we put out a lot of employee communications initially around sort of giving them the tools they need to work remotely. As it comes to ethics and compliance and what's in my bailiwick, we focused a lot on what resources are available. We made sure everyone knew that the entire compliance team was still working at full capacity. The ethics line was still up and running. Our ethics officers were still available nothing had changed in that respect in terms of reporting channels and speak up. And then we also gave folks some tools about how to handle information securely when they're working in new environments with family and basement offices. And how do you keep your information safe and secure and mind your compliance responsibilities in that respect? That all happened very quickly. And then as we sort of settled into this new way of working, one of the things that I thought was great from our executive team was our CEO did a series of videos with just himself and then with various members of the executive team. And the first series he did was, um, you know, very informal from his house. He was working from home too. And they were all focused each video. He did it, uh, one video on each of our core values. So that was, I thought, wonderful to reinforce those right up front with our employees and to ensure that we were committed to making sure they had the tools they needed to work in this new normal and also had the tools they needed to balance other considerations in their lives. I think it's very telling how an, how a, an employer treats their people during a time of, of crisis. And so we, we were trying to make sure that everyone had, you know, the most flexibility in their work schedules, the most flexibility if they needed time off, um, you know, childcare and benefits and all of those things, we really tried to provide as much flexibility as possible to everybody and make sure they were taken care of. And his series of videos, I think, reinforced that. We did a lot of communications around resources in that space as well. And then he also did sit-downs with each of his direct reports, including my boss, the general counsel, where they talked about our continued commitment to doing business with integrity, even in this new normal. So from an executive management standpoint, we had a lot of messaging. And then 
for me on my team personally, we pivoted to how are we going to do our trainings? How are we going to engage in our you know internal investigations? And we really leveraged all the technology at our fingertips to set them up remotely, leveraging that technology when we can't be there in person. So training, you know, instead of me going on a roadshow and going to BD meetings and summits, you know, I set up various WebEx sessions that are live so that people can ask questions. We just updated our anti-corruption and third-party due diligence policies and procedures. And I offered several sessions over several weeks to work with people's schedules at various times, time zones, you know, flexible working arrangements, et cetera. So we're, you know, we're learning as we go and we're pivoting as quickly as we can. And so far, I think minus the obvious, you know, missing that in-person interaction, we've done, I think, a really good job. And, and I'm very proud of what we've been able to do. So as companies begin to prepare to reopen their offices, and I don't know where Parsons and you guys are at and what stage and how far off that might be, but what are your concerns about reopening from an ENC perspective? And what are the risks for keeping people home? And how do they differ from those risks of having folks come in, if not every day, then at least on a semi-regular basis? Sure. So I think there's the obvious safety concerns that everybody has, that every company has across the nation is how do we how do we get people back safely if they need to be back? How do we give them the flexibility that they need if they can't come back or they you know have childcare uh, or schooling issues they have to work around? From an ethics and compliance perspective specifically, I think one of the things that I've been focusing a lot on is really communicating with people about how they are handling working from home when they may be working on controlled projects, data, things of that nature. Not not classified like you need to be in a SCIF, but if you're working with sensitive materials and you're at home, how do you ensure that things are, are safe and protected and that you're handling those things appropriately in a new environment? I'm seeing a lot of different types of gifts and entertainment questions coming in. There's a lot of vendors and suppliers and partners that I think are, and potential vendors, suppliers and partners that are getting very creative with their engagement. For example, we've had people say, you know, this vendor has offered to do a virtual wine tasting for this group of clients. And what they want to do is send all this wine to everyone's house. And that's a whole different thing than what we're used to. So we're putting together a lot of guidance on new kind of new trends in gifts and hospitality, new trends in the issues that are coming across our plate more often. We've also had a lot of questions about social media and appropriate conduct and such on social media. So all of the normal quote unquote sort of in-person ethics and compliance work has now gone virtual. And what we're seeing is a, a very interesting dynamic on how people are, they're finding ways to give gifts virtually. They're finding ways to interact virtually. And so how does our in-person guidance translate to those kinds of new ways of working? So we, we've been putting a lot of effort into that. Um, but I think the, the biggest push is just to make sure that everyone knows that we're still here and accessible and nothing has changed from our company's perspective in terms of our commitment to ethics and compliance and the team working at full capacity. 
Sure, and obviously you're raising questions there about employee engagement and how important that is to maintain all that. Um, are you getting the same level of speak up as you were before COVID shut down the office? And what is Parson doing to encourage buy-in for the reopening strategy or for the stay-at-home strategy as it is? What's interesting is I sort of expected almost a downturn in speak up while people kind of got adjusted, but we've seen uh, over time, and this is true even b- before, a steady increase in engagement. And I think we've got a lot more people asking questions before they act. And I think that that is directly related to when, you know, when I came on board, we instituted a formal communications plan and ethics and compliance. And we really doubled down on that. You know, we, we were aiming for one a month prior and now the cadence has, you know, I'm going out with two, maybe two, three different communications a month in different channels to different audiences. So I think really we've seen an uptick because a lot of people are engaged and asking questions about how do I handle this information? How do I handle this issue, this gift, this virtual happy hour that my client wants to hold? How do I handle these things? And I think really it all owes to our continuous engagement with employees, our top line management, our executive management, and our like first line managers are in constant communications with their teams. And I think as the teams are working remotely, it's even more important to keep that level of engagement going. So we've been very much encouraging participation in our mentorship program, encouraging our managers to have regularized one-on-ones with their direct reports, to have all hands meetings with their departments, all of those kinds of things, even in a virtual format to get everybody together and keep everyone in touch. What we don't want is anyone to sort of feel like they're out on an island alone. Um, So we've been really, really focusing on employee engagement and communications. Along with COVID, 2020 is being shaped by uh, demand and protests for racial equality and justice. How can the ENC community play a leading role in this discussion? Well, I think it, it all is about really walking the walk when it comes to your corporate values. So if you have you know, Parsons, one of our core values is integrity. And also one of our core values is inclusion and diversity. And we've always had an active inclusion and diversity task force. I'm on that task force and I support those activities. And I think, you know, we all have to really, as as corporations, take a look at are we working in accordance all the time in the with those with those values that we espouse. And so I think there's a lot of work to be done in, in corporate America to really look at are we walking the walk or is this a, are we just talking the talk? And so I know at Parsons, we're really digging deep to find what actions can we take, not just a a statement or a press release, but what actions can we really take to adhere to our commitment to inclusion and diversity and integrity and treating everybody with respect and quality and our commitments to those things. And so we're doing a lot of work to explore those actions and what what we can do there, whether it's in recruiting, management, training, communications training, task force activity, all of those types of things. We're really digging deep on that right now. But I really think that leading by example is the best way that ethics and compliance professionals can support that cause. 
Beyond what you're doing at Parsons, what do you think corporate America needs to do to address these issues of inequality? Are the only real indicators of progress how many people of color are in management or on a board or what should be measured to gauge how far along we are and how much progress we are making as a result of all this? I mean, for me personally, and this is just speaking you know, as, as myself, I think that while you know, board diversity is certainly a good goal, I don't think it can stop there. You know, I think we need to really look at for committed to equality and and fighting inequality and promoting tolerance and doing the right thing and fairness. You know, if our board is diverse, but our hiring practices or our, you know, promotion practices or our compensation practices are lacking, I don't think that you can stop there. I think that you need to take a holistic approach as a corporation, which is I know something that we're committed to doing. And looking at, you know, are we walking the walk in all areas, in our sourcing, in our supplier diversity, in our mentorship and mentor-protege programs, in our interactions with DBE firms, in our recruitment strategies? Are we recruiting from a wide enough group of, of universities, colleges, and, you know, other types of institutions? I think it has to be a holistic approach. And I want to thank you for taking time with us today. Really appreciate it. Look forward to working with you again in the future and uh, stay safe while we navigate this crazy, crazy year. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Principled Podcast is brought to you by LRN. At LRN, our mission is to inspire principled performance in global organizations by helping them foster winning ethical cultures rooted in sustainable values. Please visit us at LRN.com to learn more. And if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave us a review.